We're your hosts. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kelsey. Florida natives for two decades. And true crime fanatics. Welcome to the chaos of sunshine and shadows. The Sunshine State earned her nickname in 1970, boasting over 800 miles of beaches and 1,500 miles of intercoastal waterways, 11 national parks, and over 8 of the top amusement parks. Florida is the perfect vacation spot to unwind, relax, and vacation with family and friends. Or is it? Florida has 67 counties, totaling a little over 40 million acres of land, broken up into six different regions, filled with swamps, farms, and many rural cities. On this podcast, we will take a look at the counties and their dark, seedy underbellies of crime and mystery, reminding everyone that you can't have sunshine without the shadows. On this season of Sunshine and Shadows, we will be focusing on the Sunshine State's infamous Northeast Florida region. These 20 mostly rural farm counties do bring forth several universities and state colleges in larger metropolitan areas. During this season, we will be examining these counties, exposing their dark, shadowy secrets in the pursuit of advocating for families and giving a voice to the voices. Join us on this journey to learn more about our home state on this season of Sunshine and Shadows. Hello, gremlins. Hi, humans. So, we are back in... Well, we never left Duval, so I can't really say we're back in Duval. Because we didn't go anywhere, but we're we, back. We took a hiatus. <laughs> we had a hurricane, okay? Not our fault. A hurricane. He um, hurried, and then he came. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I can't believe you that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. And in all seriousness, um, South Florida got bitch slapped. Hardcore. Okay. So if you would like to give to your local Red Cross for Florida, go ahead and do that. Super awesome. Be helpful. We would yeah. love some mortification. Yes. Also very sad. I know a lot of people have lost their lives. A lot of people have been injured. Um, it's pure Florida in us that are joking about this. Um, it's not a joking matter, though. And for my people... My townspeople, my, I don't want to call them townspeople, we're not in the same town. State people, people Stadiums. of my state. Stadiums. Um, full prayers and sympathy. I didn't know anyone had passed away, I thought everyone evacuated. I just said evacuated with Florida in the same sentence, never mind. Um, okay, so we're back. Where are we at, Caitlin? Duval. <laughs> Sounds so cute. You say it. sounded like a grown-ass man. <laughs> I don't know how to not say it cute. Duval. <laughs> Let me try and do a man voice. Hold on. <laughs> you can't look at me and laugh. I can't do it. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of how they do it at like the Jags games, which um, we talked smack wait, about this. Wait, wait, wait. Monitor on it. It decided we were yelling. Oh. We're good. Sorry. It silenced us again. Garage band must be a white male. (laughs) 
So I know we talked smack a couple episodes ago about the Jags and like, I guess the Jags must no, listen. No, 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 we're going to keep talking smack because they're going to keep doing good. What if there's like, if, if you're a Jags player, like you can even be a bench warmer. We don't care. We don't discriminate. Um, and you listen to us, feel free to send us tickets. We will go and we will cheer and talk shit Yeah, well, at the same time. So you'll win. Yep. So, okay. How do I do it like a man? Okay. From the back of your throat. I'm trying. So, I'm, so it's like. Duval. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> like a child. <laughs> that's what I imagine a valley girl says. Like Duval's the way I say it normally. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, you guys know I don't do the whole Lewis and Clark thing, but uh, Jacksonville, and I shortened it by the way, <gasps> they had an entire page worth <laughs> talking about the city of Jacksonville. I was not doing all that. <gasps> Are they a pick me girl? Do we have someone for the list? Yes, we do. Woo! Um, so the man we're going to talk about now, he's called, his name was the Casanova Killer. <gasps> I he has a nickname? He does have a nickname. I Ooh. don't know where his nickname came from, though. Oh, was he pretty? Casanova, Casanova. He was very pretty. Oh, would you have gotten in his car? Well, he didn't take people in their cars. He broke into their house. He took one lady in a car. Two people. Three people. Cars weren't his thing. I always, like, here's how I sort serial killers, so stay with me. You know we have unibrow Bob, Ted Bundy. I would not have gotten in the car with him. You would not have gotten in the car. Let me rephrase that. I might have gotten in the car if he said he had, like, injured puppies, but you would have been the one to, like, grab me by the ponytail and be like, no, we're not getting in his car. He has a unibrow, Caitlin. So, like, I always, in my mind, think of serial killers. Would I have gotten in the car, or would I have been like, no? Let me pull up a picture of him so you can see what this man looks like. He was... Kind of attractive. He was? I'd have gotten in the car? Dang it. I mean, I can see why they called him the Casanova killer. So, I feel like we need to make an Instagram post, like, updating once a month, like, <laughs> the serial killer list of whose car I would have gotten in and no. Kelsey, I'm in the car. I'm in the car. I'm in the car seatbelt on. <laughs> I'm in the car. It's not a bad looking man. That is, and wait, when was this? The seventies? He's in a black and white photo. So for black and white, he's very attractive. Yeah, he was. Yeah, started doing this in about seventy four. Oh, and I got in the car. Peace out. I'm in the car. See, but on. Um, so a little bit about Jacksonville. Jacksonville is the most northeast metropolitan city in Florida, um, with approximately eight hundred and fifty thousand residents. I thought I would have a million, but... You know, just like the football team, they're missing the bar. Under its strong mayor (laughs) form of government, residents elect a mayor um, and a 19-member city council. There's 19? Yeah, with five at-large members and 14 members elected by district. What do you mean at-large? Like they're missing? No. Like, I think they have like five that are like... Oh, like the speakerheads? And then they have four that represent the di- 14 that represent the different districts of Jacksonville. Oh, districts or bur- like boroughs? Like, I don't. Well, it says district, so we're going to go with district. We're not big enough to have boroughs. Um, and then the current mayor is Lenny Curry. Um, so. Kelsey, I remember <coughs> watching him on PBS. He's been the mayor for like a hot minute. Well, said he's the. I don't know. I don't know. Is there a term length on mayors? I thought it was like two. No, I don't think so. 
But maybe if nobody else runs against them, I don't know. But um, so as the city of Jacksonville says, due to its convenient location, mild climate, reasonable cost of living, high quality of life, I know reasonable cost of living, um, and a business-friendly government, Jacksonville is a popular location for corporate expansions and relocations. Its status as an intermodal transportation hub is another incentive. The city is also a leading distribution center with a transportation network embracing port and air cargo facilities, rail and trucking routes, and millions of tons of raw materials and manufactured goods move through the city annually. So basically, y'all don't know what you want to do, so you did it all. What do they mean, affordable cost of living? I'm sorry. For a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, like, townhome, it's, like, almost $2,000. Plus, you got to pay JEA prices? Nah, fam. I'm out. Caitlin, I think that's a small town and us talking. 2000 to some people is reasonable. What? Yeah. They ain't even got a backyard. Well, they ain't never had one in a day in their life, so why did they care now? Girl, and JEA prices are like $300 an electric bill to keep it at 76 Yeah. Clearly. What kind of terrarium do they, these people <laughs> have running? Terrarium. Um, so it's a rapid-growing municipality. Um, Jacksonville is organized as a national leader in managing development. So there was a task force created in 2005 for a vision for the next 25 years. Um, I thought the apocalypse was coming. We're planning out. Well, I guess so. And so they have a lot of national parks. Really? Park, not national parks, sorry. Not national. <laughs> urban parks. Oh. <laughs> so the kinds of the swing set. Oh. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> miles of beaches and waterways. The St. John's River is the nastiest place on the face of the earth. I don't. Point blank period. There is a gator every two square feet i really feel like we need to send people like a picture because i feel like they see our beaches and they're like oh it's so pretty no this is intercoastal murky waterway i'd also like to say jacksonville beach is ugly i don't go to any of the beaches on this coast east coast beaches aren't my thing unless it's daytona then i mean it's daytona at that point you have to go it's pretty um so they have a major symphony orchestra sports entertainment complex special events and then, obviously, the Jaguars. Wait, don't they have... I think they have an ice hockey team. Oh, yeah. I don't know the name of them. We also have the Sharks, the XFL team. Oh! We've got the Sharks. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I am writing. Um, but, okay, so it finishes out. It says, with a growing population, a strong economy, diverse cultural and recreational opportunities, and natural abundant resources, Jacksonville continues to distinguish itself as one of the nation's most dynamic and progressive cities. So, on a list of, like, the people that, like, have been a pick-me, I think they're one of them. But, you know. Jacksonville's on the pick-me list. It is. Um, with Clay County. Oh my god, I know. Maybe they're wrote by the same person. They're not that far apart. Clay does Clay does not touch Duval. Really? St. John's is in between us? Clay does touch Duval up by Orange Park. Okay. I was like, I was like, what Okay. So again, the man we're gonna talk about today, he's called the Casanova Killer. I don't know why he's called that. Because he's hot. He's a murderer. <laughs> but a very cute murderer. Or his name is Pawn John. Pawn John. Pawn John. Oh, man. I love when our speech impediments get us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Paul John Knowles. 
is Paul John. I know. Um, Better than John White, John Luke, John Smith. I know. John Jones. So at this current point in time, he is connected to about 18 cases. Shit. Um, he was busy. But he claims. Oh, they always claim. And there's some speculation that there's possibly 35. So, unpopular yeah. opinion. Oh, God. I feel like, you know, how some men will... <laughs> it's six inches, I promise. <laughs> will lie about their, their body count, like how many people they've slept with. Or their height. I'm 5'10". <laughs> I feel like serial killers may lie about... <laughs> I think they do, too. Um... I chalked that on, I chalked that up with a list of things men lie about. <laughs> How many people you murdered? It's not thirty-five. <laughs> I've questioned. Can you prove it? Show me. Um. So, do you want to guess the time span it took him to do this? Mm, are we guessing off of like the the eighteen or something that like they like legit got him linked to, or the suspected thirty-five? Give me both. Give me two time frames. I feel like eighteen. Unless you're drinking the Kool-Aid, you'd kind of need some time to do. So, like, I would say, like, a year, year and a half. And if you're doing 35, I feel like you need at least two, two and a half decades. Okay, so he did this all in seven months. Holy shit. He was a busy man. Oh, seven months. Who pissed in his cornflakes? Um, so, in under a year, he... 18, but could be 35. And not just in the state of Florida. He was all around. He beat bopped everywhere. This How is, do you a, have time this to is a seven month period. I know in the seventies too. And murder. This is nineteen seventy four. Co- were cars not reliable back then? Like, could you try- <laughs> I was about to ask if they had plates. <laughs> okay, disclaimer: I know they had plates, but it was just they they rode by train everywhere back then. Yeah, they still had bicycles. I don't think he was biking across the country. I could be wrong. Maybe he was hitchhiking. Maybe that's how. Because like everybody hitchhiked in the seventies, which is like questions. Don't. Listen, no peephole better tell me about my risky life choices when you hitchhiked everywhere. Um, so a little bit about Paul John. Um, Paul John. I'm just going to call him Mr. Knowles. I don't know. I'm just going to call him five different things. I don't know. <laughs> so he, it, his birthday is April 25th. So that makes him a Taurus. How predictable. Um, and so, okay, so the year is 1974. Um, so if any of you guys are really big true crime fanatics. I'm I was born roll. 20 years later. Okay, well, if you're a Caitlin fanatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a true crime fanatic, you would know that is when Ted Bundy was kind of like. Unibrow Bob. Was that <laughs> Unibrow Bob? Was that the height and starting to tee off. Theodore. <laughs> Theodore. His, um. X. I don't even know what to describe him. Um, the reason I bring him up, because I don't like him. Do they crisscross applesauce? No. Oh, okay. But so. Wait, they did. Paul didn't. Knowles, they did not. If he was in Florida, Ted Bundy was in Florida. They crisscrossed applesauce. Ted Bundy was caught in Florida in like 78. Oh. Close enough. <laughs> um, but the reason I bring up Mr. Bundy. Um, is because that Paul is probably more prolific than Ted, but Ted got a lot more media coverage. So a lot of people don't really know about the Casanova killer. I feel like he's more attractive than Ted, though. 
Like, he would have made prettier newspapers, is what I'm saying. Probably. Um, now, sit back. Buckle your seatbelts. Hold on. Here we go. Um, because this man is wild. So... Wild like fun wild or wild like... Well, he's a murderer, so I wouldn't classify him as fun. <laughs> um, so we start this case in 1974. Uh, at the top of the case, uh, Paul Knowles is already serving a life sentence in the Florida State Prison in Rayford. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's in jail already? Yes. At the top of the story? Yes. We're starting our story in prison. Yeah. Okay. Because he stabbed a bartender in Jacksonville. Dear God. Okay. Um, you know, my story should wrap up here. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, like he's You're in jail. In jail. Um, so, I don't want to hate on the jail system, and we're oh. going to kind of get in a little bit more later to how he got out, but he did get out of prison. Like he escaped? Kind of. Oh. He either did or he didn't. Was he like work released? It's kind of a little bit of, kind of confusing. Um, so at this point, we're going to say that he escaped. Um, just like get up and walk out the front door? I don't know. I don't know how he escaped. I didn't really say how he got out. Oh, this is 1974. The jail did not themselves. No, and it's Rayford in 1974. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, so the same night that he escaped prison... Um, he claimed his first known victim that is definitely connected to him. Um, her name was Alice Curtis. She was a retired teacher in Jack's Beach. Um, and she was supposed to be safe in her own home. Um, most likely broke into her house, gagged her, strangled her, sexually assaulted her. Um, and then after she was dead, he robbed her. So he made it from Rayford all the way to Jack's Beach? Yeah, he's a busy man. We need to call this man, like, travel agent or something. He doesn't need to be called Casanova. Um, You're talking, in the 70s, this man somehow got out of prison, got a vehicle, and got from Rayford to Jack's Beach. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look up the distance. Um, So as she does that, I'm just going to keep going. Um, So at this point, there's a few cases that he claims he was involved with claims he was involved with we have no proof that he actually did these things um but so during that time what so from rayford florida to jack's beach it is an hour and eight minute drive on the interstate and it is 64.9 miles he was busy i don't know to tell you i mean i imagine he escaped from prison in broad daylight but um, so about around the same time, there were five young girls who disappeared in a six-month period, all in the same area, all up there in Jacksonville. Oh, no. We don't have any definite proof that he's, rela- that he's connected to them, because they've never found the bodies. Suspicious. He claims that he did at least two of them, and it was a pair of sisters. Um, yeah, That's fucked up. And you know the craziest thing, the most ironic thing? They went missing around the same area that Summer Thompson was in. Um, so again, so at that time, um, again, he's never been like connected to them. He, at one point, um, wrote a letter and told the police where the girls' bodies were located. 
and in fact the girls bodies were not there so it's heavily debated his brother has actually gone to say that you know my brother may have been an awful person but i don't think he would kill a child so maybe there's honor among thieves i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> um so following that there was a woman in atlantic beach uh she was found raped uh bound strangled um and again she's never been completely connected to him but it's but the speculation um is kind of there but again not fully there um so after that he took his ass to georgia oh he was a traveling man um, I just picture like the vacuum cleaner salesman. That's probably what he was doing. I don't oh, know. Oh God! Oh, that's terrifying. Um, our next victim was actually a single mother who was living in Georgia. Aww. I know. He broke into her house and murdered her. Most likely strangled her too. Didn't say exactly what happened to her, uh, but then left her three-year-old son completely untouched. <laughs> just left. So that kind of correlates with like maybe he doesn't have a thing for killing children. But also, like, a three-year-old? Like... I well, because the two girls, were they were five and nine. So oh. they were young. Um, and so shortly after that, I guess Paul got a little bit bored, and he wanted to make a friend. So he went and befriended a neighbor of the mother that he murdered. Because, you know, nobody knows that he killed her. He just kind of broke into her house in the middle of the night. And then in November of 1974, he stabbed his friend with a pair of scissors 27 times and then strangled the man's 15-year-old daughter. Oh, that's kind of young. That is kind of young. And they, police at the time, gone went on record and said it was one of the most brutal scenes they'd ever seen because it was like a pair of like house scissors. That Holy like, shit. Yeah, 27 times. Um, so there's three more that he's definitely linked to in Georgia. Um, one is a young lady by, her name is Kathy Pierce, and she was strangled. Um, the second was a couple who was hiking on a local trail. Um, you know, the details are still kind of fuzzy, but the woman's body has never been found, but we found the man's body. And he was shot execution style in the head. But they've oh. never found her body. They have no idea where she's at. This is 74, by the way, so this is 47 years ago. Holy. And at this point, I don't know if you've noticed doesn't have a pattern no the ages have been hopping around do the victims look similar not really really and their ages so we have 15 and then a uh, retired school teacher so she had to be 50 60 that's a huge age bracket and then we had the single mom we have the young girl we have a retired teacher so she's probably married in the 70s yep. the retired teacher's probably married. so like wow we really have like a huge and then yep. men we're throwing men in Yep, and some of them he strangled, some of them he stabbed, some of them he shot. Well, it seems like all the women are strangled. So far, have we been? Um, I think so, actually. Because the teacher was strangled, the single mom was strangled, the 15-year-old was strangled. Oh, we don't know about the hiker. Yeah, we don't know what happened to her. Um, I don't know. I just They always freak me out when they don't have an MO, like when they don't have something planned that they're going to do. So like when the FBI can't profile them and save you? Yeah. I'd like to know what I can do to avoid. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Um, so this man is a monster who has no care for human life at all. No. There is rumors that he also killed people on the West Coast as well. 
He was out there, too? Hell, how do you get from A to B? See, because this is where it gets a little bit confusing. Um, so we started this story with him in prison for murder. Prior to that, he was in prison before that. I don't know what he was in prison for, but he was in prison. I think it, I think it was murder, too. But How are you getting out for murder? <laughs> don't quote me on that. So during this time, he became pen pals with a young widow who lived out in the Bay Area, like California. Oh, like San Francisco Bay? Yep. They became pen pals. Uh, they fell in love. Disclaimer. Stop writing the prison people. I know. Um, so they fell in love. He proposed to her and she accepted. So then she came down here and helped him get out of jail. Like paid money to get him out of jail. Shut up. And he moved to the West Coast. The engagement didn't last very long. I wonder why. She said she felt a very bad, negative, evil aura around him. So she ended the engagement. Good for you, sis. This is most likely the catalyst that kind of started this murder spree. Because then allegedly after that, because um, as he claims, her rejection is kind of what started his spiral. Like That's what started going downhill. Oh, we're not going to take ownership for our own emotions and blame it on a woman. Oh, no. Would they ever. Um, so shortly after their engagement ended, he went and stabbed three random people in the Bay Area. Like stabbed and murdered or just like stab, stab? Stabbed. And he wrote letters claiming them, saying that he killed these people. But there's never been anybody found that he... <laughs> stabbed where is he hiding these bodies i don't know there's never been anybody found and there's never been any like miss like unidentified stabbing victims like i have a theory of what i would do but like i'm not going to give it to anybody who might be like nefarious yeah we're not going to do that but i also don't think they'd be listening to us but like i'll remind you when the podcast is over like here's my thought process when like these people go missing and we can't find them i think like i have it figured out but it's also the 70s so i feel like anything is possible because <laughs> it's, it's the, the 70s, 70s. Um, but again, like, it's just, all of this really could be made up. Like, he could wrote these letters thanking it. Because he really liked to talk about himself. And yeah. some talk about that he liked to exaggerate how prolific he actually was. And just make up stories. But if they can't find the people. I would go to say you didn't kill anybody, but far be it for me. Like, the hiker lady, okay. Her body was probably left in the woods. There are wild animals. They probably ate her remains. Yeah, and there's things in the woods other than animals that we... Yeah, we're not going into that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how do we know all this about Paul? Because, again, very interesting. We know all this, right? I feel like we could know, like, the the friend and the 15-year-old and the single mom. Like, I feel like we can know those things and, like, the school teacher where we have their bodies... But yeah, when we don't have their bodies, I'm like, huh. Yeah, well, he apparently um, recorded. I'm sorry, what? Tapes. Like, where he talked about what he did. Like, he recorded himself because he wanted to write a book. Uh, uh, He wanted to write a book. So he sat down with a tape recorder, because this is the 70s. (laughs) (laughs) Hit play. And recorded about it. And this is where he talks about 18 different murders. Was this mother trucker the grandfather of podcasting? 
But so there is 18 murders spanning over like six different states. Um, so a little tidbit, these were actually released to the public in 2011. They were pulled from the public, but oh. public had access for a short time. <laughs> yeah. One of these tapes actually helped solve a cold case from 1974 in Texas. Shut up. It was a uh, 16-year-old girl. I'm a Jean Sanders. I could not find exactly what happened to her, but it located her body and solved that case. So do we believe him? Do we believe him? Because he kind of can back it up. And what's the likelihood of, you know, you kill... 18 to 35 people in seven months. I might get a few of my facts confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Girl, I can't remember last year, 100%. You would have to be real noteworthy for me not to forget who you are. So, like, but here's the thing that's, like, absolutely bonkers to me. Oh, here's the thing that's, like, really bonkers to me is that, like, his body counts higher than Ted Bundy's. I know. That's the thing. That's the thing. So why was everybody so so obsessed with Ted Bundy and he wasn't even cute? I don't know. I know we shouldn't think serial killers are cute and at me, whoever wants to at me, but I'm just saying, let's put Ted Bundy next to this guy and we see who people get in the car with. Yep. But in all these cases, we do have the ones that got away. They had two different situations, though. So one of them, and funny enough, they were both writers. One of the writers, she met him in Georgia, and they had a very sexual relationship. With a serial killer? She didn't know at the time. Oh, okay. 74. Nobody knows who these murderer yet. Oh, my God. Can you imagine having to talk about that at Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, and just wait. Uh, the relationship lasted about a week, um, and then they just into things it was just over like nothing traumatic you know it was only after this experience after he was arrested and she found out who he was that she realized that he had murdered somebody less than two days before he met her shut up oh my god (laughs) imagine telling that she was the victim and the sex was just good so they stayed ah exactly I, I don't think I would tell anyone. I think like I would make, I would tell my best friend swear to secrecy, and then like that would be I would have to take that to the grave. I don't care if I'm a writer. I'm not saying anything, unless that man adds me with some in-text evidence citations. I don't know you. Who are you? And so there is one more victim uh, that did survive. Um, she did not have such a great time as our other friend did. She was a copywriter. That's kind of important. Um, he caught, uh, he kidnapped her in like South Florida um, and drove her like across the state for days. She was bound, gagged. He sexually assaulted her constantly, often. Um, but she said the only reason that she thinks he did not kill her is because he kept talking to her about writing a book. And he wanted to write a book about all the things that he had did. And she was a copywriter. So he wanted to talk to her about writing a book because he wanted help with writing his book. She later got out of the car and escaped. Even though she was bound and gagged, she somehow got out of the car. You know, miracles do happen. Yeah. And she got away. 
And she did actually write a book about it. The book didn't make it very well. Not a very successful book. Really? I know. See, that's the weird conundrum about this case. Like, I feel like if more people knew about it and there was more research, because, like, honestly, this is probably going to be a short episode because we're towards the end of him, of what we know. Like, of what, like, I could find about him because everything is so very surface level. So nobody deep dives him? I feel like the Mayport monster had more of a deep dive than this guy, and he wasn't even... Half as interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Um, But, so then after that, um, he, I guess he had stolen a car. This this is a little bit confusing to me. It might have been her car, so maybe that's what it was. He was driving across the state of Florida, and he was pulled over by an FHP officer in Perry, Florida. Go FHP! Um, Officer Campbell tried to apprehend Knowles, but he was soon overpowered. Oh, no. And Knowles, or the Casanova killer, took the officer as a captive and stole his patrol car. It was in the car where he would meet his last two victims. He pulled over two young uh, men uh, and, you know, tricked them into getting out of the car, walked them into the wooded area near close to where they were at, tied them to a tree, and then shot both of them execution style. Where was the officer? I don't know. Oh, captive. Yeah, captive. I guess he's tied up in the back of the car. I don't know. So after this, they kind of started to spiral, you know, stolen FHP car in the state of Georgia. Might cause some red flags. He didn't take the people, other people's car? No, 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 no. Yeah, no. No, he stayed in the FHP car. Because that's how he actually ends up getting caught. Um... So he was started to be tracked by several state entities. Um, now he's in a very noticeable car. Again, you know, these people get caught for their stupidity. I'm not mad about it. No, no, no I'm not mad. But, like, it's like Ted Bundy got pulled over for a traffic stop. I feel like at some point, though, they snap. They lose it. Or in, like, John Wayne Gacy all of a sudden decided that he wanted to kill, like, a kid with, like, a loving family. You've been killing orphans the past 27 times. Why'd you change up? I think they snap. I think it goes like one of two ways. They snap or they get really cocky. Yeah, I think John Wayne Gacy was cocky. I think this dude just went crazy. Um, So he was being tracked by several different entities. He was driving through a small town in Georgia where he ran off the road and then hit a tree. And then once he hit the tree, he bailed from the car. Um, And local townspeople and local police chased him through the woods. And a farmer held him at gunpoint. Until, um... This is the most country shit ever. I know, until he was arrested. Somebody's pawpaw was out there holding the Casanova killer at gunpoint until the police came to get him. Somebody's pawpaw. So... If that was your pawpaw, write us in. I know. We want to know. So you you asked me a few times, and I didn't answer, um, why this man is not so, like, prolific. Like, why don't, like, why was he not in the newspapers as much as anybody else? Because pawpaw had him on that gunpoint. Um, so there's a little bit, again, it's just not very clear. There's not a lot of information. Um, but at some point he was going to take the Douglas County, Georgia police officers. There was one of them. They're going to escort him to the gun that he used to kill those two young men. Cause I guess he killed those two young men across like in Georgia state lines. So he was going to take them to find the gun. Apparently he got free and tried to attack the police officer. Allegedly. And the police officer turned around, turned around and fired five shots into 
the Casanova killer. And he died on scene. So. I have so many more questions now. At this time, you want to guess how old uh, the Casanova killer was? If you say 28, I'm going to lose my shit. Holy shit, he's 28. Like, you literally (laughs) got that on the money. Yeah, 28 years old. It's been contested several times that people don't think he actually tried to escape. <gasps> they did some some Georgia. Georgia was like, he ain't getting away from us. Florida, you fucked up. He ain't going to do that to us. His lawyer said several times, because he had a lawyer, so there must have been, because that's, that, that's how the tapes were released. It was his lawyer that released the tapes, which the lawyer caught a lot of flack for it, because they're like, oh, client... You know, confidentiality. And he was like, well, my client's dead, so that kind of ends when they die, doesn't it? True. Agreed. True. Got it. Cool. And, I mean, they're helping solve cold cases. Um, But people, and I kind of, and I'm not trying to hate on the GBI, because I feel like the state's attorney's office isn't going to get me, but the GBI might come kill me. (laughs) Solidly. They do not fuck around. So I'm not trying to hate on them. But this, they actually terrify me. This man, where was he shot? Did it say in the back, in the stomach, in the side? Well, he was in the back of the car. He was in the back of the car. He was shot in the back of the of the cop car. Five rounds went into him. From, but he overpowered the police officer. What was the police officer doing in the back of the car? <laughs> well, I mean, I think in the seventies they didn't have the separator. And apparently, what he allegedly claims is he got out of cuffs and went to attack him. So when he attacked him, he turned and shot him. So he turned, gun belt and all, Barney Five style, and bop, bop, bop. Nah, fam. Nah, fam, uh-uh. And this is where, like, to me, it's like... That was something. This man wanted to people to know who he was. Like, he wanted a book written about him. And that Georgia cop said, nope. So, I don't know. Um, and again, I'm not sad that he's dead. Did they investigate it? Like, was it justified police? Mm-hmm. They investigated it and they decided that he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> the GBI investigated it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, so, like, I'm not sad. Yeah, and we're not, like, advocating for him. But, like, again... It did inhibit the chances of being able to connect him to cold cases. That I don't Cause like. Because he's right now at six states that they've connected him to. From the tapes or just like MO and like... Um, from the tapes and like confirming. So And there's 18 in the tapes. They suspect more than 18. That's where the suspected 35 just because of MO, location, time, etc. So here's my thing. Was he still actively recording tapes? But if he, like, if he only said 18 in the tapes, I think 18. I think he was still actively recording because, remember, they were just, they were just taking him to get the gun that he used to kill the last two guys. Because I guess he just dumped the gun in the woods. Yeah, seems kind of dumb to keep it with you. Would have helped against people, but. (laughs) But again, if he's still alive, we probably, I mean, probably dead by now. But like. (laughs) Oh, he'd be in his 60s, almost 70s. 74. 76. But, like, it, he could have connected a few cases, you know? And that's the part that, like, 
if this was done purposely, shame on this police department because you just inhibited families, yeah, from from ever knowing. And like as as I said earlier, in 2011, whenever they released the tapes to the public, it wasn't until then that they solved the cold case from 1974 in Texas. Yeah. Oh wow. So that was 40 years. And nobody would have thought he would have been connected to her because nobody knew for sure he went to Texas until, you know, the tapes became public and they listened to them. Who was sitting down listening to these tapes and making these connections? I mean, I would like to think that, like, his attorney would have turned over the tapes to law enforcement to investigate. (gasps) That was, like, one of the big things. He released them to the public before he released them to law enforcement. That's a little shady. Yeah. I'm not going to talk too much, though, because I feel like he will sue me. Yes. Um, Respectfully disagree. I have questions. If you want to send us an email and explain the thought process, we'll totally read it. Exactly. We're down for it. We don't know all the details, obviously, because there's nothing on this man. I know. I feel like there should be more. Maybe I'll deep dive him one day. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe this will be one of the first cases I come back and redo. Like we circle back to. Yeah. Um, Because that's all I got. Which is insane to think about. Like That's a wrap. But... Since it was short, there was another case I want to talk about. <gasps> and this one's even shorter because it's really quick and there's not a lot of information on this case. Somebody, Ooh. the Generation Y did do a full podcast episode on this case. Really? Um, yeah. So I'm sure if I like took the time to deep dive it, like I would be able to find information on it. Um, but I did not. What is it? What is it? What is it? So um, we are going to start this case. It's June 5th, 1994. Kelsey, I'm like a couple days from like making my grand entrance. I know. There is a small gas station in an even smaller town called Lake City, Florida. (gasps) There was a lady who was walking her dog. And so the way the gas station is described back then is there is is a gas station at the edge of the woods. So there's a lot of woods, a lot of wooded areas. So she's walking her dog. Um, And in the midst of walking her dog, she thinks she sees a mannequin. It's mm-mm. I know. I don't want to get copyrighted, so don't say that. No. <laughs> I think it they, is never not what you think it is. <laughs> um, it is always what you think it is. So she calls in to the police. At a girl. And they come, and very quickly, by the blood, they realize it's a torso. Oh, oh, uh, and I say a torso because there is no head. The arms were still there, but the hands were gone. Uh, and there were no legs. What kind of mob shit is this? So, along with the body, they found an egg crate. If y'all don't know what an egg crate is, just go to Walmart and look for the mattress toppers and then look for the really cheap ones. They're called egg crates. Yeah. The blue ones? Yeah, yeah they're yellow too, but yeah, yeah. blue, yellow. Um, there was a bath mat, like the kind you would, like the silicone kind you would put inside a bathtub. Oh, so you didn't slip and slide? Yep. A set of knives and a yeah. bloody t shirt. Oh, uh, what kind of fucked up game of Clue is this? <laughs> I know. Um, but it's the 90s, and DNA is still, you know, <gasps> it's here, but it's not, like, here, right? Ooh. So they take his DNA, they put him, like, basically in CODIS in the John Doe yeah. network, and they just have to wait. That's it? That's it? So a year passes, <gasps> um, and a family puts in a missing persons report, um, for their brother. At the time he went missing, he was 16, but it's been a year since they seen him. So when they put in the report, he would have been 17. Okay. Um, I, I know it seems a little bit weird. It was his sister that put in the report, his twin sister, by the way. Still a minor, though. 
Yeah, so 17, his twin sister, who's also 17, went and put a police report about him. And I know it's a little bit weird. They waited a year. It was different back in the 90s. Um, It was different back in the 90s, but the family said that he had told them for a while that he planned on taking off and just touring because he was a guitarist in a Christian rock band. That's a a Christian rock? Oh, 90s Christian rock bands. Okay. Yep. Um, Fred, apparently he was described as funny, very artistic, very loved music, was very into the church. Left brain. Left brain. And was last seen leaving their church with a youth pastor. Uh, What? Hold up. Wait a minute. The torso. Found by a lady walking her dog. Is this girl's twin brother? No, we have no idea. Oh, we have no idea. Nope, this is 1995. Okay, so so a whole year has gone by. We got the torso, assumably chilling in a morgue. And then this family goes in and puts in the police report. Okay, yep. so I'm with you. And so the guy that he was last seen with, his name was... Um, was a youth pastor. Was a Baptist. Was a youth pastor. Are they Baptist? Well, they're in Jacksonville, so probably. Um, but he was described as a very nasty man. Na- Whoa. A scam artist. And he was called a creep. In the 90s, they were this out, like, yeah, out they with called, calling him? Ooh. They called him a creep. Um, so, honestly, then the case just kind of sits there for 22 years. 22? 22. In 2016, <gasps> DNA did come back. The torso they found yeah. is Fred. <gasps> so he had been right down the road. Oh, my God. And the last day they saw him was June 4th, and his body was found on June 5th. Oh. Um. Whoa, 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 You said he left and was last seen with the creepy pastor. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of DNA he left. Because the shirt that he left with the body had Ronnie Hyde's DNA on it. The knife set had his DNA on it. And even what was left of Fred Laster's body had Ronnie's DNA on it. Conveniently at this time, though, um, it's around 2017, they arrest Ronnie. Ronnie's already being charged. He'd been being investigated for years. What? For an international child exploitation case. What the fuck? And they didn't give an exact number, but a lot of child pornography on his computer. You said international? International. They had pictures of him, like social media and stuff, um, and, you know, back photo albums of him traveling to different countries where they've linked him to being involved in an international, like, child exploitation ring. So when he was going on these vacations and posting about his great time on Facebook in Costa Rica, he was going to assault children. A youth pastor. So... He was charged with Fred's murder? Mm-hmm. Convicted? Yes. So he was actually convicted in 2019. Oh! But in court... Oh, no. ...claims that he has no idea what happened to Fred. <laughs> the last time he saw Fred was May 30th. Even though there are several people... I I know about eyewitness statements. Don't come at me. Yeah, but when there's multiple, it does carry some validity. Yes, that saw Fred get in his car. 
And then through the trial, he admitted that Fred got in his car. But then Fred didn't want to go to his grandma's house. So, okay, so Fred was one of five, and they were being raised by their grandmother. So, you know, not the typical, okay. as, as Ronnie liked to talk about it, not a good family background. You're oh. a fucking pedophile. I don't care what you think about me. Sorry. Yeah, you don't get to. Mm, you mm. touch children. So, good night. Um, that they got in an argument, and then Fred hopped out of the car next to the woods. And that was the last time Ronnie ever saw him. And then when the prosecution countered with, well, your DNA was found on his torso. He said, well, maybe I touched him. No. I said, okay, well, your DNA was found on the butter knife you used to separate his neck from his body. And yes, I said butter knife. Like, you're talking about the dull butter knife in the... Mm-hmm. That's what he used. How? That's the thing. How much effort it took to... Because you can eventually. You can break... You can. I hate to call him this. I'm so sorry. You can break meat with a butter knife. Just the determination you have to have. I'm shook. So he ended up... Um, pleading guilty. Never gave any clarification what happened, though. It's never said what happened, and has never said where the rest of Fred's body is at. So, 2016, his family did get to lay him to rest, or what was left of him, because, you know, he would have been a torso, so they probably, they might have put him in an unmarked grave, but it's, you know, just a torso, it might be likely that they might have just dispatched the body, but his family... I mean, they got closure in a way. Yeah. At his trial, actually, I remember reading this. Um, all four of them went and sat, like, in the front row of the trial, but they left a space for Fred to sit next to them. Oh. Um, and Ronnie Hyde got life in prison. Yeah, because we don't do the death penalty. No, and he's, like, 74 years old, so, like, death's a knocking. You fucking... Jailhouse Justice. Um, is he in Rayford? Probably. Someone, someone hit up the Mayport monster. <laughs> I got another one. Big fan of work. <laughs> I did a podcast on you. Um, need a favor. But I mean, that is what I got for the city of Duval. Um, two very short cases combined into one to make you a full length episode. I Two feel like sad cases that he are, just went like, vroom. I know, like I was driving on I-75 and you just put me on I-4. I know. And for those of you that don't know, Florida, our interstates are classified by racetracks. Um, and so in saying that, we know it's a late drop this week that you guys are getting this. So two days from now. Oh, you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. We're starting our first mini-series. And since it's the month of spooks... <gasps> Say it. We're doing a Halloween series. It's spooky season! So, stay tuned, and we'll see you in a few days. Spooky season, spooky season. Spooky <laughs> season, spooky season. Good night. Good night, y'all.